Welcome to the broadcast of the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship of Boise, Idaho. Our desire is that today's message will multiply God's grace to you. To contact us, please call us at 208-331-4096. We'll repeat that number again at the end of our broadcast today. But now, here is our speaker, Joel Van Hoogen. Psalm 44 is called the Martyr's Psalm. It is an expression of great suffering and anguish, and yet it begins with wonderful words of encouragement, remembering the great works of God in past history, remembering the foundation of our salvation, the stories of our salvation. They remind us that if we are to help our children and ourselves go through times of great suffering and pain, we must prepare them by telling them our stories of God's great salvation. My father told us stories like that as well. He told us stories of having met God and God having changed his life and having met God's grace and transforming him and brought him out of the pattern of life that he was living into a life that was completely different to anything that had been taking shape in his life up to that time in a moment. He told us truths that he discovered and prayers that were answered. And, you know, if my children will recall if they will only listen to my phone conversations, if they will only pay attention to what we might recollect around the dinner table, if they will sit as I meet with my friends and listen in, which, by the way, is better than listening to a television program or chatting with your friends on Facebook, if they'll just listen in as we children listened in to our parents' conversations, they will see that we recall over and over again our own stories of how God has intervened in our lives, how He's healed our bodies, how He's answered our prayers. They're here because He answered our prayers. And we don't exaggerate. God's work is great. We tell our stories to our children. Tell your stories to your children. Your story of finding His grace of salvation, your accounts of prayers that God heard and answered and of the protection that He gave you. As I was writing these words out, scripting them out on the page, came to my mind just one of the many stories that we heard accounted as we were growing up as children. In this story, my father tells the account of driving from Skykomish, Washington to Formosa, Kansas, where he was going to become the pastor of a village missions church. My mother and my three oldest siblings were with him. He was driving in his DKW. By the way, I've Googled it. I can't even find a picture of a DKW. It sounds like a German-made car. It was a front-wheel drive. I remember my father boasting about the fact that that car could go anywhere and plow through snow drifts, and he was very pleased with his DKW. They're driving across the country in their DKW. They're somewhere going from point to point, moving through Nebraska when they're in the midst of a rainstorm. The roads are all mud. They don't realize that the roads become complete slop. His car can go anywhere, but it cannot go on these mud roads, and eventually it bogs down, and it can't go backwards, and it can't go forwards. He leaves his wife and his three kids into the car. He goes back to the last farm that he's passed by. It's nighttime now. The farmer is roused. He brings his tractor out and tries to pull them out with his tractor, but his tractor has a malfunction and it doesn't work. He can't do it. So he's able to cobble together his tractor to drive it back to his farm, and he simply tells my father and my mother and these three kids that they'll have to spend the night in the car. In the morning, when the rain stops, he'll come back and he'll pull them out. In the morning, he does come. He's got another neighbor with another tractor. They're able to eventually pull the DKW out of the mud. But after they pull it out of the mud, it's then that they notice that just up ahead, the rains have caused the bridge to go out. The swollen river of the creek has gone out. 
And had they been successful at moving through that mud, or had the farmer been successful at getting them out of the bog so they could go forward, they would have driven into the swollen floodwaters of that creek. God had protected them and watched over him. God is good and God is powerful. He works on our behalf. Tell the stories, your stories, of God's provision in your life. Tell your stories of what God has done in the lives of other great men. Just this last week, I was also thinking to myself, what are stories that I've told this week? And I actually was able to find three or four stories that I've shared with other people just in the week through phone conversations and meeting with them. I couldn't even remember who I shared the stories with. One of the stories I did share, they may have been with one of you, was the story of having been, just as an example, in East Kalimantan, landing in the city of Balikpakpan, driving from Balikpakpan to the city of Samarinda, there conducting for the first time a ministry with a pastor by the name of Heberagan, who had planted a number and still has planted a number of preaching points through his evangelistic exercises throughout the Muslim community of East Kalimantan. I was very impressed with what he did. I realized that this man needed some support. I spoke to some missionaries who knew of him. All of them said he was a very faithful man, and yet at the same time he wasn't receiving support from the national churches because they were afraid of him. He was reaching so many Muslims for Christ that it was causing a bit of a stir in the community, and they were afraid of the backlash that would fall upon him. Our habit is not to provide funding and support for nationals, but I thought maybe we should do it this time on this man's behalf, but wasn't sure. After our time in Indonesia, I got on a plane, flew all the way back to Portland, Oregon, instead of Boise, because my family was spending a vacation on the Oregon coast at Cannon Beach Conference Center. My wife picked me up in Portland, drove me out to the Oregon coast to the Cannon Beach Conference Center. There, they've got a wonder conference center where there are about four or 500 people that meet on a weekly basis throughout the summer for Bible conferences that take place. We got there around dinner time. I was still a little bit spacey from all my travel, went in, it was a Sunday afternoon, which is usually the biggest time of the week. The cafeteria was full and overflowing, and we sat at one of the tables. Generally, our family is so big and so raucous that nobody wants to sit at our table. But there was one seat available, and so they came and sat one man at our seat. I began to visit with the man, found out that the man was a pilot for Delta Airlines or United Airlines, I don't recall, Barry was his name. We were visiting with one another. I found out that he lived in Seattle. We continued to talk with one another. I asked Barry what his hobby was. Hadn't told him what I was doing. He said, well, I like to travel when I'm not traveling. Well, where do you like to travel? Well, all over the world. Well, why do you enjoy traveling? Well, I've made wonderful friends all over the world. For example, where have you traveled? Where do you have a close friend? Well, I have a good friend in Indonesia. Indonesia is a large country. Well, where in Indonesia? Well, in the area of East Kalimantan. Well, what part of East Kalimantan? Well, a city named Samarinda. Well, what's the name of your friend? His name is Heber Agon. I was just with Heber all last week working with him. You know, I believe God wants us to support him and help him in ministry. Barry now, every six months, sends a check to our organization. We meet it, match it, and we send the funds on to help support Heber in his work in ministry. Tell your stories. Share your stories with your children of how God directs us and how God leads us and how God provides for us. Historical accounts of the providence of God over our lives. Let's look at the next verse. You, with your own hand, drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. Second thing to note here 
that history has its winners and its losers. God favors those who turn into Him with His mercy, judges others with His severity. Heaven is high and blessed, but against it, hell is dark and cursed. Life is not lived on some kind of flat plain, but an undulating landscape shaken by cosmic powers. Our stories of great victory and great rescue are stories worth telling just because they are not everyone's story. Our stories of great rescue and great victory are stories worth telling because they are not everyone's story. Not all find victory, not all find comfort, not all find rescue, not all find relief, not all come to a happily ever after. Many are devoured by sin, held captive by sorrows, enslaved by passions, and end in ruin. Many are left to chase after myths just because they have no glorious history, no great story to tell. Not so the Christian. Listen to the Christian's story. It is an account of God's providential intercepting of their descent into ruin, their life in utter darkness, and pulling them into life and light. Listen to any man's story of his testimony. That's what you should learn. He was heading in one direction. He was not a people, and now he's the people of God. He was a person under condemnation, and then he was set free. That's ultimately the account. That's what he's telling you as he tells you his story. I was mindful again of the story of Ernest Tung. You can go to CPE online, and there I think you can find his story. If not there... Go to sermonaudio.com backslash B-O-L. Type in Ernest Ung and you'll find a testimony that he shared in our church many years ago. He's now working, expressing his ministry in Cambodia as a representative of Christ among the leaders of that country. Ernest will tell you his story. He'll tell you that he was very rich. In fact, I remember the very first time that I met him and I roomed with him and the story went something like this. I was very rich. My parents were very powerful. I had everything that a person could imagine, but I lived in darkness. I'm so glad, the words were exactly, I'm so glad that I did not escape the killing fields of Cambodia, because if I had, I may still be in that darkness. He would go on to tell you of the tremendous privilege that had surrounded his life, of the entourage of people that followed him, that at his own beck and call, Members of his entourage would go out and beat up anybody that he wanted them to beat up. He had his own servants that sat at his feet and waited upon him hand and foot as a child growing up. He tells of being a proud and prejudiced young man who looked down upon others, of one time going to a church in Phnom Penh as a teenager, of spitting upon a preacher who asked if he would like to give his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, of leaving from the church indignantly with his entourage following him, and then of the Khmer Rouge coming into Phnom Penh and in one day evacuating probably two million people from that city, that his first immersion into absolute misery and suffering came on that very day when the soldiers of the Khmer Rouge recognized his uncle as the minister of agriculture for the Lolo regime that was reigning over Cambodia at that time, that they carried out a trial for him right in the middle of the street and they sentenced him there in the middle of the street and with the family gathered around, they beat him to death with a cudgel and finished their work by literally before their eyes 
eviscerating his body. He'll tell the story of burying a brother and a sister who died of starvation, of taking his mother and carrying her out of his house as she was dying of starvation, of bathing her one last time before then fleeing from Cambodia himself, of in a refugee camp in Thailand, somehow finding him way to a site where the gospel message was being preached, of falling on his knees and giving his life to Christ, realizing that if Christ didn't come and change him, he would be devoured by bitterness and rage. And he will tell you that as bad as the killing fields were, it helped him break free from the darkness of life without Christ. And he'll tell you it was worth it. That's his testimony. That's his story. You tell your testimony, and what you're saying is that you're one of those individuals who escaped the darkness that others are still bound in. We have been rescued from sin's condemnation. We have been unchained from its power. We have been forgiven and cleansed and declared children of God. We have a history of I was and now am. And what a wonderful story is ours. I once was lost, but now am found, was blind, but now I see. Remember to rehearse your story often, and so prepare yourself to face even the most difficult hours. You've been listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. For a copy of this broadcast, just call us at 208-331-4096. Until the next broadcast, the Lord bless you.